0: The Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life the podcast. I'm Fletch
1: and I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel.
0: On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life.
2: The overly legalistic, overly moralistic viewpoint of all this causes us to kind of check God out of the equation and say, you know, it's up to us to figure out how to be good people when the whole premise of the gospel is we are broken, fallen, corrupt people.
1: Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And we
0: want to welcome you to the 13th episode of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast.
1: 13, Fletch.
0: Man, lucky number 13. (laughs) Hey, that uh, clip you just heard was Barrett Johnson, and we're going to be interviewing Barrett and his wife, Jennifer, in a few minutes on the topic of what?
1: Well, his blog post that went quite viral called How to Raise a Pagan Kid in a Christian Home.
0: Yeah, so stick around, keep listening. We have a great show for you tonight. Road again Just
1: Fletch, we wanted again. to let our listeners know one more time about the upcoming Teach them, them Diligently them convention, them convention them in, Nashville, in Nashville, Tennessee We're going
0: to Nashville, going
1: to Nashville. <laughs> Yeah, we are probably the opposite of country music fans, but we are excited to be in Nashville because the Teach Them Diligently conferences are run by Some people we love, who love the gospel, love grace, want to really encourage you to disciple your kids and point them to Jesus.
0: That's awesome. So what are you going to be speaking about at this conference?
1: Well, I'll be speaking all three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'll be speaking on preschoolers and peace, homeschooling older kids with success while loving the little ones at your feet. I'll also be speaking on practical classical, which is all about classical education in a multi age home. And then the last one will be my favorite subject, thinking. which I love to hate. <laughs> and that's the topic of science for moms who don't like science. I don't know how you got that gig. You're teaching about science? Well, I, <laughs> I am. I'm teaching about how to teach a topic you don't love because I don't love science.
0: That's awesome. Hey, and while Kendra's is speaking... You can come find me. I'll be out in the hallway wearing my homeschooling in real life t-shirt, and she'll be joining me as well. So look for us. We'll be handing out free gifts. I'll be drinking good coffee, and we'll just be having a ton of fun at this conference. All right, so we're back in the studio here, and I'm doing what I love to do, sitting across from my beautiful wife, drinking a cup of coffee. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you are drinking the cup of coffee. That made it sound like your beautiful wife was drinking the cup of coffee, and that pretty much will never happen.
0: Right. <laughs> it's one of the few things, one of the many things in my life I do alone. Um, well, we have a great show, don't we?
1: We have a great show. And you know, it comes on the heels of last week's great show, but neither of these episodes have been because of us.
0: No, we've had some great guests. Now, this guest, um, you know, this this topic, how to raise a uh, pagan in a Christian home, This is one of those weird situations where this show is driven by social media, this specific episode. Absolutely. You know, when you're looking at your Facebook feed and you see – a person like a post and Mm -hmm. you go, Oh, that's interesting. And then you see another person and another person and you realize these are all people that you really like, right? You know, on Facebook (laughs) that are liking something. Doesn't that cause you to click over?
1: Oh yeah. Because I'm sort of a lazy Facebook person. I don't click on everything that people post, but if, if I see the same article or blog post or resource popping up over and over again, then my curiosity is piqued.
0: So have you done the which Star Wars character are you or which person from <laughs> Princess Bride? Those are the oh, things. I, I like to avoid those with the plague.
1: I did which Downton Abbey character are you. Oh, really? I was Bates. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, you know, on oh. trial for murder or something. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we didn't finish this this episode this season. I we're,
1: know. We're
0: horrible at it. So um, this is one, how to raise a pagan in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Everybody was reposting it.
1: Yes, they were. And so I
0: finally clicked over and I read it. And I said, hey, you know what? That sounds like us. Uh, this this blog post writer, he's he sounds a lot like us. So I remember I emailed you and I said, I'm going to email the guy and I'm going to see if he'll talk to us on the air. So we found Barrett Johnson. And what was fun is we found his wife as well, Jennifer. Yeah. And uh, it took us about a month and a half to get on the air with him <laughs> just because of our schedules.
1: You know, when we both read that blog post, I think we sent it to each other like at the same time or on the same day because there was so much about it that just resonated with us.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then when we talked to him, yes, in a hotel room,
1: <laughs> right. early
0: in the morning after having been up late at night down in Los Angeles, we were in a <laughs> hotel room. We we skyped them in, and you're gonna you're gonna sense in this interview some of the fun banter that we had, because I, I swear, I met my twin brother from the East Coast.
1: You know, we we had a lot of aha moments. She she
0: even like, you know, shook her head and ignored some things he said, the way you shake your head (laughs) and ignore what I say. So I really enjoyed talking to this, this couple and we're going to get to it. But first, let's talk about this. What, what about raising a pagan in a Christian home appeals to us?
1: Well, I think what he's getting at – well, I know what he's getting at is that it's so easy to raise kids who are ambivalent or – is that a word?
0: I don't think ambivalent is a word. <laughs> Wait
1: a minute. I'm not ambiguous. Okay, ambivalent? ambivalent? Thank you. I think,
0: pretty sure the word's ambivalent.
1: I am so ambivalous. tired in well, I think you and I have seen over the years that it is entirely possible to raise kids in a Christian home who are ambivalent. No, no kidding. <laughs> Did I say it right? Yeah. <laughs> like after I said it, I'm like, what? Oh, I said it wrong
0: again. Yeah, you know what it, you know what it brought up with me and I know I've I've mentioned this too and I think I brought it up in the interview but I was so horrible at it cuz I didn't have the information. But I would say back in 2005, 6, 7, 8 somewhere in there. I used to enjoy listening uh, to a radio program called The White Horse Inn. Yes. with uh, I remember. Dr. Michael Horton and the gang. Uh, four reformed guys that would sit around and what I loved about them was that they were witty. They were fun, mm. but they were also really into their theology. But at the time, they talked about a book that uh, Dr. Horton had written called Christless Christianity, and one of the people they interviewed was a sociologist by the name of Christian Smith, and at the time, I think he was out of either Notre Dame or University of North Carolina, something like that, Mm -hmm. and he had written a book called Soul Searching, The Religious and Spiritual Lives of American Teenagers, and do you remember that episode listening to it?
1: Oh, I do. And
0: do you remember the key term that they came up with?
1: Yes. Let me think. Therapeutic.
0: Moral therapeutic deism. Yeah. And uh, the idea here was that that is what the church is producing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Moral therapeutic deists.
1: Okay. So what does that mean? Break that down.
0: Well, it's it, let's just look at one term at a time. That their view that these young teenagers were coming out of these youth ministries and their view of God first was that it was about morality. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're seeing that as well now. So just that essentially it was there's a god who exists and he creates order in the world watches over human life um he wants people to be good and nice and fair to each other yep uh just like the bible teaches us you know to be good and nice people <laughs> yeah um but at that point it stays right alongside most other world religions and then obviously the central goal of Christianity. What these kids are picking up on is that you're supposed to feel good about yourself. So there's the therapeutic, no, therapeutic. There's the therapeutic part, you know. Mm-hmm. So moral therapeutic, and then this idea of um, deism is just that there is no individual personal God, and so that's where his book Christless Christianity comes yes, in. Yes, it's not about Jesus Christ investing in your life, but it's just about this God. That mm-hmm. you know, kind of wants us to be good and and does so, good
1: things if we are good.
0: Oh, you'll be recorded. And then he's really more of a coach. Yeah. he's really more of a counselor. He's not so much. And it's funny because he's not so much of a god who has standards. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I I really enjoyed the conversation with this guy. And and one of the things they came out of out of this conversation was the beanbag basement church ministry wasn't working anymore, and that's. What you came out of and what I came out of. You know, I came out of a parachurch kids ministry called Young Life. Fantastic. I learned the gospel in, in Young Life. And I know for a fact you learned the gospel in your youth environment, your camping environment growing up. Mm-hmm. But as we look now at youth ministries, it's kind of gone to a new level. I mean, we have um, the Emergent Church, and it's about, you know, just not not boring kid but also not ever getting to christ
1: yeah right you spend
0: a lot of time talking about things and then on the other side of things in the homeschool community it we see rules and and you know this is how to behave yeah you know so again that past coming forward and reading uh what barrett had to write in his article for me that's what i pulled away from this um and this, I I, the, I the, think the survey, or I think that study is still going on. So if our readers want to look at it, just go to the show notes. We'll have some links there uh, about Christian Smith and his book. And I'll even, uh, I'll put up a link to Christless Christianity so you could read uh, Mike Horton's book on that. But um, yeah, that's, that's how it appealed to me. What about you?
1: Well, you know, I think you've probably hit every nail for me on the head, but this idea that somehow morality is the center of Christianity. Boy, do I see this over and over again. It's such a trap in evangelicalism. We see, I see it in Bible study uh, when I hear people talk about doing the right things like, oh, if I, if I have my quiet time, you know, then I know things will go well during the day wow that that sounds to me like a behavior and a formula. Is it really about having the quiet time? You know what I'm saying because yeah. yes, there's so much that jesus and and God will pour into us when we open his word but but it it isn't about that behavior it's about Jesus and God pouring the, them in themselves into us um I hear it also. On Facebook, you know, um, there was a discussion recently about kids' behavior, and I thought, no, no, it's not morality is not the center of our faith. Jesus is. And those moral decisions that we tend to make or that we want our children to make because we love them and we know that, you know, generally when you make moral decisions, your life is going to be smoother. We don't want to see our kids get hurt or be stupid, right? Or make decisions that affect them for the rest of their lives. But that's not the center of Christianity, the center of Christianity is Jesus, and we often make those those right decisions out of a motivation to um, love him more because he loves us so much.
0: You know, I think the other part of this that really stands out to me, uh, building on what you're just saying right there, that it's not um, behavior-based faith, is this idea. Let's let's bring it right into the family, and let's just point some huge fat fingers right now. There are people out there that love um, Shepherding a child's heart, mm-hmm. great, great book, great stuff to come out of it. Yes. But it's this idea from that book that they then jump to, which we heard over and over again in the church we were attending, which is we really
1: want to what to ha- to win our children's hearts, to have our children's Want to
0: have their hearts, and that what and that term in and of itself isn't bad, and and we know what people are saying, but but what they're looking for is these parents, um, uber shepherders. You know, they shepherd to a fault, are shepherding so hard that they they want their kids' hearts. They want to pull their kids into them. And I'm saying, Great, good, love the term, shepherding your child's heart, love the book, love Ted Tripp, love what he's written. I've taught from the book, I've enjoyed it, we've discussed it. But let's be careful we don't go that further step and then say we want your hearts as opposed to turning our kids to Jesus. That's, that's the goal. And so these, I think that comes out in this conversation with Barrett as well, is that, um, these, especially in homeschool families, they're looking for recipes. Mm -hmm. Let's look for a recipe on what we can do with our kids from shepherding to, um, shielding them from the world and, and give me this recipe so that my kids come out perfect. And what he's saying is you can do that and you're going to end up with a pagan in your home. You know, it's easy to do, and we've seen it.
1: Yes, and you know, the deal is we're all Pharisees. We are all Pharisees, and we look for ways to keep the law. (laughs) And so this is what we're doing in parenting. This is what we're doing in our Christian walk when we say, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do, and then I can do those things. I can I can match that. And, and what it really is, is a low view of the law, because we think, if I can hit my mark, then I've somehow kept the law. Well, if the law is that easy to keep, it must be a pretty low law. The only one who can really truly fulfill that is Jesus. And so to back up and say, this is not about what we can do, or it's not about um, you know, give me that list. What, what I fulfill. Okay. Got my child's heart. Good. Okay. Doing this thing. I'm and doing this What does this that thing. look like? What does it look like to have your child's heart? Yeah.
0: Like these people have achieved it. We have our child's heart. You may not. Yeah. You may have a very fake version of it. Your kids are giving you the idea that you have their heart. And then when the door opens and they're able to go, yeah, you'll find out, oh, you know what? I didn't have their heart. They're, they're really pursuing things that I don't like them pursuing. You know, I shielded them from this their whole time in our homeschool. We didn't let them do this. You know, we weren't like the Fletchers that let their kids watch movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But now these kids get out, and uh, you know, we we listen to a dialogue on Facebook about swearing. Yeah. You know, oh, our kids are cussing. Is that a positive thing or a negative thing? What well, you you know? Am I going to point my finger? We didn't have your kids' heart because yeah. now they're cussing. <laughs> you know, or or is it? You know, I just want to break this down practically. Let me just ask you some quick questions. Just respond really quickly for me. I think our, our listeners will like this. Okay. Um, are we saying there's something wrong with Ted Tripp? No. His book? No. Are we saying there's something wrong with the term shepherding your child's heart? Not at all. No. Are we saying there's something wrong with recipe parenting?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. it,
0: it doesn't play out. No. And, and there certainly are some things that we've done
1: mm-hmm.
0: expecting a result. So let's oh, train our yeah. kids to do five things every morning, right? And behaviorally, they've learned to do those five things every morning. Brush most, your teeth. most every most, morning, <laughs> most every morning. But brush your teeth, make your bed, say your prayers—you mm-hmm. know, some things like that. Do I think that's going to produce perfect children or perfect behavior? No, it's just five behaviors we're training in our house. I mean, I'm not saying throw all behavior training out. There's some things you're going to want in your family, right? But teach your kids the catechism so that when they're old, they'll be perfect Christians. That, that recipe doesn't work. That's, no. That just doesn't work. Mm-mm. It gives them some good basic truths, and by all means, you should do that, but it, it's not going to produce perfect kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it won't even keep them from questioning what it is they've memorized or they've learned. And I would I would even argue that if your kids aren't questioning things or they don't have questions about their faith, they're probably not kids who have a vested interest in their own faith.
0: Yeah, they're they're just, I, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but they're sometimes just swallowing the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And then if someone comes around with a better flavored drink, right. they might like that drink better because they yeah. never learned how to savor what they had. Yeah. They were just... Swallowing what they were given.
1: So Fletch, the bottom line for us is that we have learned through trial and error, through difficulty, through making egregious mistakes, that we want to shepherd our children's hearts, but we want to shepherd them toward the shepherd. Correct. We want God to have their hearts, not us.
0: Right. So let's take a break here. Let's go to the interview with uh, Barrett and Jennifer. And uh, let's just have some fun because this is, again, a great Great interview, and uh, we'll be back in to wrap it up when it's all done. So we are on the line with uh, Barrett and Jennifer Johnson, uh, and why don't we just start with having you guys introduce yourselves as to who you are and where you are in life right now?
2: Well, uh, officially, we or I serve as a minister to families at a big old honking church in the Atlanta area. I've done that, worked with families there for the last eight years, and did a lot of youth ministry work before that. Jennifer, I've been married for about 23 years. Uh, We're Texans, and we have an awesome family. Tell us about the family. Mm -hmm.
3: We've been living here in Atlanta for eight years, and um, we have five children. Our oldest is 21 and married her high school sweetheart while they were still in college, um, and God gave them a baby pretty soon after that, so I get to be a granny, and I'm so excited about that. And then we have a son who's a sophomore in college, a, son, a daughter who's graduating high school this year, and then a son that's in eighth grade and is 14 years old. And then the Lord gave us um, a very sweet God story, Um, a daughter, seven years later, she's six years old and in kindergarten, and we have an open adoption with her birth mother. And God has really given us a special love for this precious girl and taught me that I am simply a steward of my children, whether I've biologically given birth to them or whether I've adopted them. Her adoption has really taught me that, that my children do not belong to me, and I'm a steward Mm -hmm. of them. For the chapter that God gives them to me.
2: So we loved to do ministry together and loved to in family life. About four years ago, I started a blog called Info for Families. Uh, the Info is an acronym: I N F O for Imperfect and Normal Families Only. And the basic <laughs> premise of the blog, what we write, is that hey, we're all messed up. We all struggle. There's no perfect family out there. Uh, we stumble along, and we look for God's grace to meet us along the way as we uh, pursue Him and pursue His very best. So. That's us. Uh, that's awesome.
0: Well, we have um, we can let people uh, kind of behind the curtain here of this podcast. We've already been talking to them for a while, and uh, Kendra and I are excited that we've met um, some like minded people uh, through the internet. Which you know, when you're meeting people through the internet, that can be scary. <laughs> you know, typically the story says we met through the internet, and then then, and then it was we bad. disappeared. Yeah, then somebody disappeared, <laughs> or there was you know they needed to call homicide detectives or something. So. Um, you know, we we found you through a blog post that was uh, of yours, uh, Barrett, that was on Facebook that we read, and it was officially called "How to." Wait a minute. How, How to, to raise what? a pagan
1: kid in a Christian home?
0: It was there a video, yeah called "How to Raise a pa- Pagan Kid in a Christian Home," and why don't you just start off by telling us? Were you shocked by the popularity of that blog post?
2: I was blown away. You know, I got a blog; it's been relatively popular with certain circles. You know, I'll write some and. On a good day, a couple thousand people will read what I've written. I feel like that's a good day. Um, that blog was my first, well, my first experience with, with something very, very viral. I had written a couple of things previously that went a little bit uh, on the social media and took off a little bit, but nothing like this thing. Within five, six days, I had like 150 thousand views of that post. Then the first month, it, it passed a half a million views. It wow. was just, it just blew me away. I, I was just stunned with how it resonated with the people. And I don't know if it was the title that was a bit provocative um, made a comments on my blog, I had to turn off the comments, but made a comments was professing pagans who were ticked off that I'd used the word wrong so I put on my comment page something about, alright, sorry, I should have used the word heathen, I don't know, pag- forgive me, if you're a, a druid worshiper, I apologize I used your word, forgive me um, but anyway uh, it did resonate with a lot of people just because I think they saw there's a tendency for us to be legalistic as we raise our kids in a Christian home and we're shocked to discover our kids don't really walk in uh, the grace of the gospel and they just uh, are trained to be good Christian kids. Mm. Those two things can often be radically different.
0: Yeah, are you familiar, uh, just kind of uh, maybe on the side, are you familiar with the, the work, uh, I think I read it, Christian Smith uh, at a university, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, so I won't even say where it's from, but I, I think it's University of North Carolina, where they did a, a research on Christian kids in the church, and uh, one of the terms they came up with was that we are creating moral therapeutic deists.
2: Yeah, there's a couple of folks that have written on that, okay. I that line. I-, I love that line. <clears throat> I that often. Okay, okay so, so uh, yeah,
0: yeah. So in in your ministry, you're ministering to families, um, and we're kind of coming at this from um, you know, we, it appeals to us because we're seeing this in, in the homeschool movement or homeschool families.
2: Yeah, for the record, we didn't say this earlier. We we homeschool our kids for. 10, 12 years over the journey. So from the,
3: And from the very beginning, yeah. and I always say when I speak to homeschool groups, I started way back before we had the internet to help us homeschool <laughs> children. And I went to the teacher bookstore and tried to find things to do with my kids.
2: And walked around the homeschool book fairs trying to look cooler <laughs> than most of the average people that are there. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. then. I, I do know that. I, I always share
1: the
0: story that uh, Kendra's the one that always went to the conventions. And one time I had to drop a kid off and I was wearing a Bob Marley shirt and and baggy shorts, <laughs> and I walked in. I just felt like I was the guy from Mars. Yeah. So.
2: Or, or people with pitchforks and torches chasing you in the town May that's we burn him? Hilarious.
1: Pretty much.
0: Yeah. So that was a funny, funny environment. So, um, why don't you just give us the gist of uh, of what you're seeing or and what you wrote about in the blog post? And I'm I'm sure people are gonna you know, you're gonna bump up again uh, at least another four people from the homeschooling and real life real life podcast. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so what do you tell us that maybe the gist of what you're seeing, or the two of you?
2: Well, we saw it in the church at some level. Um, we certainly saw it in the homeschool community when we were enthralled in that. A commitment to say, um, in many ways, a parents' goals become twofold. Number one, I want my kids to be happy. But then we lay on a Christian goal of it, view of it, and say, I want my kids to be good Christian kids because they're a reflection of me. I think many times parents <sighs> have a greater priority to think, well, um, kids, I want you to be good. I want you to be successful because you're a reflection of who I am, and I don't want you to embarrass me.
3: Especially as homeschool families. <laughs> what
2: do you oh, mean? my goodness. Yeah.
3: Oh, my goodness. I just feel like if my child ever failed a math, you know, something, anything academically, um, or said a, is-
2: a potty mouth word or something like that, you go, oh, my goodness. We're failures, parents. We're failures, homeschoolers. Especially
3: because I've had the kids home with me all <coughs> right. the time, and, yeah. and that's, that's where true. Yeah. Christ really started a new work in me. Is I picked up a book about this thick. I don't know how many inches that that's is. Three inches I mean, thick. like three inches thick and um, spiral bound that every other homeschool family was doing with their daughters. And I know that morning when I went to pick up that book, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to me, and He said, "Jennifer, I just want you to live this out loud." Live with your children and do not do that book.
2: It's not a manual for raising a good kid. It's learning to walk in relationship. But I
3: want you to talk about what I taught you in our time together as God and Jennifer, and what you're learning from me. And and one of the things I speak about is holy interruptions and divine appointments. And I feel like in homeschooling, I almost taught my kids to look for um, holy interruptions because they're going to happen, and more is going to be brought and learned out of that holy interruption than going through book after book on character and. Mm life in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen that
2: too. I mean, you guys have seen this where you are, I'm sure. We're in the East Coast. You're in the West Coast. There are enough, and the, and the stats show this to be true and we know friends experiences, this, enough folks who are raised in the right environment. Uh, I took my kids to church every day, every week. We, we were homeschooling our kids. We were doing all the right things. And yet, when that kid graduates high school, goes off to a university somewhere, we see their faith or their uh, commitment to Christ, the commitment to things that we, we've instilled in them deliberately for 18 years. We have seen that Basically, go away in their lives. Oh, yeah. to check out on God. We see that over and beyond just checking out on God, we've, we've seen
3: people implode
2: practicing. their lives. That they they choose alternative lifestyles. They they choose promiscuous behavior. They all kinds of things where they just completely walk away from it, head a completely different direction. Well, like, and
3: I also, I mean, I have seen students be preyed upon by um, certain people groups. I almost feel like they. Um, don't know enough and and my theme verse for my family has been to be in the word in the world but not of it like I want my kids to know what Miley Cyrus is singing and I want them to be able to process that out with me because that's what you hear and and I wanted my kids to know why we believe what we believe and I have watched some homeschool kids get picked off being sent off to college early because we're so proud we got them to college early. We sped ahead of everyone else. We get extra yeah. points. And then are 17-year-old. I want you to know, I have watched them get picked off by the enemy when they go off to university in Texas. Yeah. Huge universities in Texas. Um... It's just astonishing, uh, and they they don't have, they're not grounded, they don't know what it looks like in a practical way to visit with somebody about Jesus on a bus in the middle of Austin, Texas.
2: Who doesn't know what they know and doesn't have the worldview they have. Yeah. Because again, I think we work so hard to shelter our kids from stuff, which there's value in doing that, but we can shelter our kids so much, we don't equip them to have a faith that stands out in the world. Yeah. So we're kind of ranting.
0: We're kind of ranting now, but we, we, well, no this this is what we do a lot. Um, so essentially, what,
1: what they're saying yeah. is that the center of Christianity is not morality. Right
3: <laughs> no. curriculum, not choosing the right curriculum. Right, doing the right thing every year with each kid. It is, and it, it is truly praying through every semester. Lord Jesus Christ, what do we need to do with this child? Mm-hmm. It is not an overarching. We're all going to homeschool. We can honestly say that. The girls in my family, I have girl, boy, girl. The first three oldest were born within four years. We honestly feel like we homeschooled for our brother because he is a boy who needs to do his math and then run around the house two times and dig a hole and come back in. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, I think my kids could have done great in a public school setting. But I feel like God calls for many different reasons. And a lot of times what God is teaching me and I'm trying to pass on to my kids is this is not about us. Mm. This is not about us, it's yeah. not about your mom, it's not about your, you know, it's about others, it's about God using us in a big picture, much, much bigger than what I see right before me. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, one of the things that appealed to me when you guys first said this, because I'll always perk up to this, is a lot, and I see it mostly in the homeschooling community, um, it's the issue of identity. These parents are so worried. Mm-hmm. that, um, and, and I know our listeners have, have responded to this, that, um, they're so worried their kids are going to do something that embarrasses them. Oh, sure? yeah. And I think that's the lesson. I mean, then we were there, we, oh, absolutely. We were, I mean, we were in an environment where, you know, boy, you, you didn't say what your kids watched or read because you were afraid that someone was going to judge you. And because they did.
1: Right.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We weren't afraid of it. It was was reality. It was reality. You just had to, you were kind of... um, My my one liner for that is we are all one phone call away from finding out that one of our kids have done something really, really bad, scary, (laughs) detrimental, irreconcilable consequences. We are fools to believe that we're not all one phone call away or one...
2: And that's why why we desperately need both God's grace in our own lives, we know it to be true, but why we have to model that and extend grace to our families as well. Yes. The the, the overly legalistic, overly moral, moralistic viewpoint of all this causes us to kind of check God out of the equation and say, mm-hmm. you know, it's up to us to figure out how to be good people when the whole premise of the gospel is we are broken, fallen, corrupt people. Our, our goodness and our holiness... I'm going to preach now. Our goodness and our holiness <laughs> and our purity in our own mind is still... Garbage in God's eyes. We are so destined of grace. Why would we think we would need God to dress us and deal with us that way based upon uh, the blood of Christ and other things or the gospel to be true? Why would we expect God to do that for us and not us be willing to pass it on to our children and model it out day by day? Because
3: it's a whole different thing if you homeschool. Like all that is good for people who are Christians and send their kids to school. But if you homeschool... We're so above so that. Oh, we're all wonderful that we don't need that. Do. Like most people
2: and do. that
3: you have to be in charge of that. And yep. we're doing a really bad job.
2: We are. We can do a very bad job of that.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, but I think as well, yeah, we're, we're, we want you to talk and ask questions. But I think it's just, again, back to our blog, imperfect normal families only. I think parents right now in this day and age are unwilling to tip their hand and show their cards and say, you know what, kids, I struggle with corrupt thoughts. I struggle with failure be willing to go to their kids and say, I blew it. I was wrong. I made a mistake. Forgive me. Those kinds of things are things that parents have got to say because a kid knows a parent blew it. The kid knows if he's mature or, or growing up in some way.
3: This doesn't match up. A parent up. can yeah. read
2: our hypocrisy. I mean, a kid can read a parent's hypocrisy better than anybody can because they know the real you. Right. Yeah. So willing to admit that we struggle and we, <clears throat> and we need grace every single day. The kids are going to buy into a faith in us that's not real and not true and they can never live up to. And then it's real tempting once they get high school or college to, to walk away from it completely.
3: Another yeah. thing I talk about is early on in homeschooling, um, I truly believed with all my heart somewhere um, going, sat, you know, satelliting around us up in the hemisphere somewhere is the perfect homeschool mom. And she gets up and has a holy time with Jesus every morning. And this holy light streams down on her and little birds sing around her head. And she and, makes nutritious breakfast. And then she gets up and makes the most awesome breakfast. And is like sing-songy. You know? I don't know. But it's like she doesn't exist. She does not exist. And the one thing I want to speak over young homeschool moms is she does not exist and you don't want her to. Because that's not reality. That's not why we need Jesus. Um, that's. Honestly, being, not having it all together and spending a lot of time on my face before the Lord calling out to him saying, what do I do with this kid is what really, I think, fashioned our kids into kids who have their own faith. They can stand on their own, and and, yeah. and their faith does not belong to their parents or because they were homeschooled. It, it is their own personal faith. Yes.
0: Hmm. All right, so I have, I have one more uh, specific question, and that's that we, we're finding on Homeschooling IRL, like a lot of things in the homeschool market. Um, it's a podcast. I'm on here as a voice of dads and we still find that a majority of our downloads and a majority of our listeners are women. So here's the opportunity, Barrett, to talk to a dad with me. Um, let's just say we have a, a, a wife who's listening to this podcast and she said, man, this this sounds like me. What what, what would you have to say to a dad um, knowing what men are wired like with, with pride and um, specifically maybe the area of confession or, or living a, um, I, I like to say that I'm, I want to live as the chief confessor in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- do you have anything specific just to men that maybe the wives can pull their earbuds out and hand them over to their husbands down and say, here, listen to this. This is good.
1: <laughs> mm,
0: yeah. I wasn't sure. Was that a whisper or a kiss, Jennifer?
2: I don't know, it was that... It's interesting... Depends on where the homeschool mom or the homeschool dad is out. You know, if it's a case where uh, a family's struggling to homeschool and and maybe making this choice about homeschool, we've known families who uh, the woman, the wife, is all gung ho. We need to do this, and the husband was like, "No, nah, that's weird. That's strange. We're not even going to do that." Where the husband had to get before God and say, "Maybe this is a way we can do homeschooling and we can do life that can actually work out and be fine." And so there's that point, and that's what Jennifer's suggesting there. But honestly, I think be the lead confessor there, there's there's got to be a place for a dad to be uh a, 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 they always say a principal of the school or kind of the, the buck stops here type of guy there's a heavy duty role that comes in that but it shouldn't be a role that is far and distant and enforcer and bad guy tough distant guy in the middle of all this uh, somehow a dad has to model jesus and be close to his kids and draw close to his kids and be the lead confessor and and, and have the heart of his kids to be successful as they homeschool. Um, I don't know, again, back I said a minute ago, for a dad to say, I've got it all together, I'm tough and I'm distant because I've got it figured out, I jump and you say how high, that's just not real for any of us. Because we're all broken. Every man I know is broken. And the closest that we can say, I want to humble myself and say, I'm on my journey with Christ, let me model and live for you, the good things and bad things about my walk with Christ, the struggles that I have, where God's redeeming these broken parts of my life and making me into the man that I need to be. But that's not because I've disciplined myself. And I think so many men out there, there's some homeschool dads we know who are amazing disciplined people in their own lives. And so they expect this many times unrealistic view of discipline for their kids, Mm -hmm. academically and Mm behavior-wise and that kind of stuff, where the only person that can get away with that kind of expectation is a holy God who can live it out completely, perfectly, but also bathe it in unconditional love and grace as he does it for us. So for us to take on the role of God and be, I'm going to have you aim high and it's a high standard for you, but without the grace and love and tenderness and relationship, all that dad is doing is setting their kids up for failure and disappointment and the feeling that they'll never measure up to dad's standards. And that leaves all kinds of... Problems (laughs) is pointless. Emotions disconnect. Um, I did a blog post a couple months ago, and it was basically about how this this mindset says, my goal as a parent is to make sure my kids don't like me. (laughs) As a parent, somehow we're doing a great job if my kids, my teenage kids particularly, don't like me very much. (laughs) And and I want to go to that dad who has that attitude. I want to punch him in the kidneys. I mean, that is just crazy talk. Um, We heard... Obviously, the goal is not to be your kid's best friend. I'm not advocating that. But I think some folks who say, don't be your kid's best friend, they've, they've walked away from that, swung too far to the other side and said, I want to make sure my kids don't like me. Yeah. When, when uh, we, we heard uh, the Briscoes, uh, Jill and uh, Stuart Briscoe, who we like a lot, older couple, they're, they're 80 years old plus. They were teaching a conference a year ago we saw. And they said this was brilliant. They said, they said, you want your kids to like you. Because if they don't like you, they won't listen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they went on to say this. Do you listen to people that you don't like? Yeah. None of us do. If we don't <laughs> like somebody, we got to check out on them. And so, again, I think that modeling God's grace and forgiveness and tenderness and patience and introducing our kids to Christ and a God that operates that way, not a overarching God that, that is disciplinarian and you never can be good enough for when we do that, And you've got to make
3: an A on this. And you've got to be good at every single subject. I think that's what's so neat about homeschooling. We all know none of us are good at everything. Mm -hmm. I think one of the sweetest things about homeschooling is we just know some people are not going to make A's in math. And some people, I mean, we didn't even really do grades. Um, But, you. I mean, we're just all going to have strengths and weaknesses. And I'll speak on behalf of just living and doing homeschool with my husband, what he did to help our family is he was the buck-stop-here person, and that really helped be an umbrella of protection over me in making um, decisions about curriculum and who was going to go to which school and what was best for each season and what our homeschooling would look like. Um, But he, the most important thing that he did is kind of be that leader (coughs) and that principal with the boys when they hit those middle school years, and Mom is the biggest dork, and she doesn't know what she's talking about, And they don't even say that because they don't even know how to say that, but it's just awkward. And I will tell you, you, the only way you can get away from middle school awkwardness is to move to Siberia and live under a rock. And I still say the middle schooler would be over in the corner sucking his thumb. Middle school boys need a daddy who stands up and the buck stops here and comes behind and reinforces his wife's work in school with the kids. Um, so Barrett's always come behind me to reinforce me. We've always, always been united in all of our decisions in the way that we um, handle the kids. That's huge. And just being uh, emotional support, letting me go off and be refreshed and go to conferences and um, just and, and loving me well. And mm-hmm. just being um, a sweet, sweet husband who appreciates me and loves me because that – Homeschooling children and being home with them has got to be the hardest job in the whole entire universe. There is no report card that says they're all making good grades, except for testing, which I wanted to hang on the wall sometimes in a frame. Uh, but there's no paycheck, there's no anything. So his reinforcement and encouragement has been the this, meant the world to me.
2: This sounds a little glib, but it kind of kicks into a "What would Jesus do?" moment for dads. You know, how would Jesus love your kids? How would He model this? How would He love the wife? How would He encourage? A mom, how would he extend love and grace and tenderness in every situation? And that's a good model to follow there.
3: I think the only reason why it worked for us for so many years is because it was a team thing, and it breaks my heart to watch a homeschool mom have to do it by herself. Oh, yeah. You know, even though he's there, he's not supporting. He's not being the buck stops here person, and that's so hard.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it was
0: good. Thank you. Those are what I needed. Um, any other quick questions on this topic?
1: I don't think so. I think okay. you guys hit every nail we wanted to hit. So it's great. All right, let me
0: do a wrap-up for this segment then. Okay. Um, we want to thank you guys for taking the time. If uh, if if they if people want to connect with you uh, on your blog or in social media, uh, can you let us know? How, we'll put it in the show notes, but can you let them know right now how what's the best way to reach you if they want to ask more questions?
2: Sure. The blog is infoforfamilies.com. So that's easy enough. Just com. Uh, There's contact information on there, and we've got a Facebook page you can search for and follow us there. And most of the things we post on our blog and other resources we find, we uh, we send out as well. Um, So that's a great little way to connect with us there.
3: Honestly, in ministry, after all these years, we don't really talk about homeschooling a lot in our blogs and on Info for Family because this is our heart. There is such a sweet heart of people who do homeschooling because they want to... um, be obedient to what Christ has called them to do. But, boy, the way that we parent and the way that we handle our families in homeschooling, I would always think I want to reach out and hand this out to everybody because we all need to be loving our kids and training them, whether you homeschool or there's, not. Yeah, there's a, the
2: homeschool culture gets those things very, very well, and it, it's opportunities. Mm-hmm. Even Info is not to be an opportunity to pass some of those things that, that will look familiar to the homeschool community, i.e., mm-hmm. the raising pagan kids in a, in, a, in a Christian home kind of post. Um, that means resonate with everybody so we're trying to make it accessible for, for the common man if you will well
0: great well thanks for taking the time with us and uh, for our listeners uh, to get to hear you guys and get to know you
3: our pleasure thank you <laughs>
0: Hey, this is Fletch and we don't do this every episode, but we want to give a shout out to uh, one of our listeners, Rebecca, who wrote in on Facebook to tell us that she has been listening to us while she gets up and exercises early in the morning. Rebecca, thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to be part of the conversation on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com/homeschoolingirl or you can tweet to us at homeschoolirl. You can find us on our blog and website at Homeschooling IRL. I'd encourage you to go over there and subscribe, and you won't miss a thing that we publish or speak about online. We love having listeners tell us what they want to hear, and uh, we'll give you a shout-out if you uh, leave a message for us there. Thanks for listening.
1: The Homeschooling IRL Podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more information on this podcast, to contact your hosts, or to connect with either of us on social media, visit our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.